Direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Dinfos Live. Welcome back to another episode of Dinfos Live. I'm Major David J. Murphy, an instructor here, here at the Defense Information School. And on this month's episode, we're talking all about the upcoming Dinfos Social Media Forum and closing the loop on the RPI process by talking about implementation. Because we have such a packed agenda, let's get right on with the show. I'd like to welcome our first returning guest, the Dinfos Social Media Training Office Program Manager, Mr. Quande Hall. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, not much. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Great, great. Have a seat. Uh, thanks, Quande, for joining us. Of course, this is not your first time here on the program. You were actually with us on our very first episode of Dinfos Live, where yep. you were talking about social media. And yep. now we have you back on the program, and you're talking about social media again. Imagine that. Now, before we get into what you're going to talk about here today, which is, of course, the social media forum, I want to let everyone, of course, know that they can uh, have their questions be answered by our social media monitor, Sergeant Ben Witten. How are you doing, Sergeant Witten? I'm doing great, sir. Very happy to be here and ready to take those questions. All right. Well, welcome back. Glad to have you back. Again, if you have any questions for our panelists, don't hesitate to ask about them in the comments section, and we might just ask your question on the air. Okay, let's talk about the social media forum, shall we? Sure. Well, first and foremost, what is it? Okay, well, it's, uh, DEMPROS has a, a, a responsibility to train the fleet and field. So it's our opportunity to bring together communication strategists from the DOD, from academia, from across industry to discuss social media strategy development and how we can you know, better, better use or utilize these platforms that we're trying to use. Great, great. Well, when is this event happening? So September 14th and 15th, it'll be recorded live or recorded and broadcast live right here at DMA. Um, those two days, uh, this is, of course, is the third year, but this is our first year that we're going back live. Uh, we were supposed to do the first year live, but of course something happened and kind of postponed this event. But here we go, first time live. We're pretty excited for it. That's great. So it's taking place here. So if, if people are able to attend in person? Absolutely, absolutely. We're actually already filled up, wow. um, which is which is pretty awesome. Uh, but we've got a lot of people coming from different agencies, not only within the DOD, but uh, the FBI is coming, uh, some representatives from uh, Army Band, just to name a few. Okay. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a good collection. It be, should be a good event. Great, great. What are some topics related to the world of social media that you'll be discussing or that your guests will be discussing over the two-day period? Sure, sure. Just like previous years, we'll be discussing uh, policies and procedures, uh, social media strategy and development, engagement strategies, uh, content creation, things like that. Uh, it, it, and, of course, with it being live, we'll have a lot of interaction. People will be able to ask questions about those things and, and how they're implementing social strategies into their own units. That's great. Will there be opportunities to network with guests? Yeah, yeah. That's a... It's great that we're actually in person because, you know, with a lot of our peers here together, we'll be able to connect with one another, talk with one another during the breaks and during the sessions. So it'll be a great time. Uh, you know, two full days. Uh, excited to have everybody come out. Yeah. Right. And as you mentioned, obviously, in-person registrations are closed, but people can still watch it online. Um, so can you tell me uh, how, how people can participate and watch the, the show online? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be uh, live streaming onto the Demfos Facebook, uh, not Facebook page, excuse me, Demfos website. Um, but we'll also be recording the sessions and we'll have them posted on the Demfos Facebook page, Demfos uh, 
uh, social media forum group page. Uh, we'll post them to YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you'll have an opportunity to actually communicate with us, not necessarily during the sessions, but uh, if they see, if they're looking at the agenda right now, they see some, have some questions for somebody, they can either email my, myself at socialmedia at demfos.edu, or they can send in questions you know, uh, during the sessions as well. We'll try to get those answered. That's great. And so glad that you're able to actually do it in person. Hopefully yeah. that'll be the case for, for all future social media forums, which I'm sure there'll be many, many more in the future. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye to you? No, no. I'm looking forward to having everybody, hosting everybody here in the studio. Looking forward to seeing everybody September 14th and 15th right here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for your time, Mr. Hall. Hey, thanks, bro. As he said, uh, the social media forum will be taking place right here at the Defense Media Agency on September 14th and 15th. And like I said, while in, all in-person slots are filled, you can still participate virtually by going to the link that you see below here on the screen, uh, which will also be in the notes for this episode. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Hey, thank you, brother. Now, I'd like to welcome our other returning guests for this week's program, DINFOS instructors, Army Major Judy Marlowe and Marine Corps Captain David Morris. Hey, great Hi. to see you. Hey, good, good to, to see you, sir. Good to see you again. All right, well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Now, uh, well, of course, we're talking about implementation today, and we've talked and had you both on the program to talk about different aspects of the RPI process. Uh, Major Marlowe, you specifically talked about planning, and Major uh, Captain Morris, you talked about evaluation. Of course, we had Lieutenant Jack Georges on the program, who wasn't able to make it today, but he discussed research. So if any of those topics interest you, if you'd like to watch those episodes, you can find those on our YouTube, Facebook, and Divid's Hub channels. Now, before we get into the process of implementation, let's quickly recap your all's experience within uh, the military and the public affairs career field. So why don't we start with you, Major Marlowe? Yes, so I am Major Judy Marlowe. I have served in the Army for a little over 14 years now, and I have served as a public affairs officer for 10 years. I have been an instructor at the Public Affairs and Communication Strategy Qualification course for the past two years. Sir, Captain Dave Morris, I've uh, been in the Marine Corps a little over six years. I was public affairs originally, and then we switched over to communication strategy and operations, also called ComStrat. I've uh, been doing that the entire time, and uh, before this, did a couple great stints around different uh, commands in the Marine Corps, and I'm also an instructor at the Defense Information School in that public affairs and communication strategy qualification course. Nice, nice. Well, again, glad to have you both on and glad to hear about your expertise. Now, I've mentioned the term RPI a, uh, a few times. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, it is not a specific pie that you can bake at home. Uh, it, is, it is a pie that we utilize in the communication strategy and public affairs field. So can you give me a quick idea and describe what our pie is? Yeah, absolutely, sir. So the best way I can, I can describe our pie, which again is that research, planning, implementation, and evaluation process, is this is, this is how we plan and execute communication processes in and outside of the DOD in order to accomplish some type of communication end state. It's how we identify problems and opportunities, plan to address them, implement that, and then determine if we were successful or not. That's great, that's great. And of course, we're of course talking about implementation. That's why we have you both on. So can you describe for me implementation in your own words? Implementation is taking that strategic plan. You did all of this work, the research, the planning, now you're taking it and putting it on paper. You're describing the five W's of a tactic. It's not just as simple as a social media post. You're actually explaining all the details surrounding that social media post. 
That's great. That's great. Um, so what I'd like to know now that we've kind of established what implementation is, is can you talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the best practices you've seen from implementation plans and also some of the pitfalls that public affairs and comstrat professionals typically fall into when they're trying to actually develop an implementation strategy? So some best practices would you have to start with the mission. You have to understand your organization, know the mission, know the commander's lines of effort, and understand the vision that your commander has. That is going to be your center of gravity. Without that, you'll be kind of lost while you're researching and planning because we all know that we're bound by time and resources. So if you understand the mission, if you understand what is going to move the needle to accomplish that mission, then you'll be very successful once you get to your implementation section. And as far as pitfalls, sir, what I would really say when it comes to developing that implementation plan is it goes back to the entire process. So implementation is one part of the RPI process, and it starts with research. And the biggest pitfall that we generally see is when people don't use the research that they found to actually inform their implementation efforts. So uh, you find out during research that, hey, look, this key public that I want to speak to likes to receive information in person, direct, face-to-face, -face, but then uh, people will build a communication plan or an implementation plan that uh, speaks to them using social media, social media strategy. And that doesn't align with what your research actually told you, so you're almost kind of setting yourself up for failure, or you're not really doing yourself any favors. So you do that research in the beginning to help inform what you put into your actual implementation plan. So use what you have actually learned. That's the purpose of it. Now you talked about obviously all the, the parts and pieces that go into an implementation plan. Is there ever an instance where perhaps you can have too much detail? Well, so you know, I, I like to tell people you can plan out as much as you want, but you can't control everything, sir. So you could say, hey, this is the exact script that we're gonna use. This is the exact uh, type of person we're gonna put in this interview. This is the exact length. This is the time that we're gonna do this. And that's all great. That's great that you're considering it, but there's always gonna be stuff that pops up, right? Maybe someone's got uh, an emergency leave situation, uh, or maybe you find out someone doesn't really have the experience that you want, or they don't exactly understand your intent. So you can put as much detail in you want, but you have to leave that wiggle room so that you can adjust if something doesn't go exactly to the in-depth specific detail plan that you created. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we're working on developing these plans, are there any tools or processes or you know, websites or anything that can help us develop or implement uh, the actual plan itself? You should absolutely have a calendar, maybe a Gantt chart. These are resources or templates that are available on Pavilion. And those are very important um, to use. And one thing that I want to state is, and we have to exercise this as um, communicators, we should understand how our people receive information. So we shouldn't just pick something, a tool, a platform, and say, you will use this. We should talk to our people and say, what is the best way that you receive information so that we're all lockstep when we're executing this plan, we're all on the same page. So if there's a quick change, they know exactly where to go to to make sure that they are um, executing the current plan. <laughs> and and while, the, while these tools really help you, like that, uh, that Gantt chart or that calendar, uh, while they can visually or in any other means like depict the information that you're trying to get across, it also serves another purpose, and that's in that it lays out your entire implementation so that 
if you can't implement for whatever means or you have to give it to someone else or maybe your team is in all different areas, then it makes it very clear and easy to understand. So you can give that implementation plan to somebody else and then they can execute it and it doesn't all rely on you because maybe you're that person that has that emergency leave situation or you have priorities elsewhere. So it's important that somebody else is able to pick up those efforts with hopefully as little hindrance as possible to the actual execution. You know, and I, I, what I think is also good to keep in mind as well when talking about like tools, right, is to know that to not get wrapped up in, you know, this new program or this new website or putting everything right. into a Gantt chart or feeling like you have to do that, right? You just need to write down what it is. You need to put it down on paper and have it somewhere where someone can access it and understand because that's that's another thing that we talk about too is like maybe you keep the whole implementation plan in your head right no it has to be something that's written down Absolutely. and executable by somebody else um can you talk to me a little bit about your personal experience either developing implementation plans or implementing them yourselves yeah absolutely sir so uh i had a pretty good example uh just that shows the importance of big of building wiggle room into your implementation plan so i uh, researched planned and executed a communication plan in the Indo-PACOM area of uh, responsibility uh, a few years back. And so what I wound up doing was sending Marines to three different countries. So I sent three Marines to three different countries. They embedded with our own organic units and our partner nations. And uh, I built this great plan, right? We talked about detail earlier and building a lot of detail. I built this great plan. Uh, I gave the Marines good intent. And what I didn't think about was one thing that you, you wouldn't necessarily think to actually consider weather, right? So we were there during the rainy season, so it was pouring rain the entire time. Well, while my Marines were accomplishing my intent of going out there, they were getting all this great information, they were feeding the tactics that I was gonna build in my implementation plan. What I didn't consider was, oh, you can't use a computer when it's pouring rain outside, or uh, internet access. How does that weather affect the actual internet access? with getting those large quantities of data back to the ship for me to conduct the rest of my implementation. And so I really learned there that it's important to be able to adjust and have a backup plan for that type of stuff. Think about it through your head, walk through it in your head, hey, here's what, here's what could possibly go wrong and here's how it could possibly fix it, almost like a contingency plan. When I was a brigade public affairs officer in Germany, I was one of two people in my shop and we had to support 5,000 soldiers all over Europe. And we were convoying from Germany to Poland. And I, while I was developing the plan, I created some briefing cards for the soldiers and I prepped some soldiers, but I know that I'm only one of two and it's impossible for me to be everywhere at once. And I'm thankful that I did that and I prepped soldiers and they at least had that card if I wasn't available because while we were convoying, we would have to stop for gas or other issues and media would just swarm our strikers. So I was trying to run up and catch all of the interviews and all of the reporters name and do my PAO duties. However, if they didn't have those cards, if they didn't know the messages and talking points and had that, um, if I didn't think about that in advance, we probably would have had some issues in yeah. those engagements. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know when I was at actually the chief of public affairs at Keesler Air Force Base, uh, we needed to let people know about this new app that we had developed. So we actually utilized an implementation plan that actually took advantage of almost every single possible tactic you can consider when trying to let people know about something because we wanted to reach the widest amount of people possible. We had uh, TV advertising mm -hmm. campaign, we had print, mm -hmm. we had stand-ins at the, the base 
you know, mall. We had even engagements with the media, the local media. So it was a pretty awesome thing, not only to, you know, develop and execute and then see the effects of that, right? The evaluation, yeah. right? Was sure. it actually working? And it was, and that was yeah. really awesome to see that. So, you know, obviously we're public affairs, comstrap professionals, right? We're on our high tower, whatnot, uh, from the leadership position. But of course, it's really critical that we uh, let our troops know and understand why this implementation plan matters. So how do you convey that importance to the, the troop on the ground actually executing the plan? I think it's really a large part of your, of your actual plan, right? So before, you know, when you send your troops out into the field or to actually get a lot of the information that feeds your tactics, you have to focus on the purpose. You have to focus on the why. And here's the thing, and it kind of goes back to our previous question. You can build a very detailed plan. Things aren't always going to go according to plan. So by giving them that purpose or that reason why or that intent, you're then decentralizing their execution. So then they're able to say, okay, I know that my boss wants this type of thing, or here is what he or she is trying to actually accomplish. Here's the bigger plan. So what can I do out here that uh, you know wasn't necessarily tasked to me, but could help him or her actually achieve that plan? So focusing on the why or the purpose before you send those Marines, airmen, sailors, soldiers out there into the field or uh, on an exercise will really help to uh, uh, make your life a lot easier when you're actually implementing it and building those products to put out into the information environment. We need to make sure that it's a two-way conversation and we're not just giving them orders. While I agree 100% with Captain Morris giving them purpose, but also getting their ideas as well and having that conversation, allowing them to have input because they're the ones who are going to be on the ground actually implementing most times. So it's important to that they understand that they have some autonomy, some freedom to be creative in that implementation. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with regard to detail, right? It's good to have some detail, enough to execute, but you don't want to necessarily lock yourselves in. You want to, again, give that wiggle room because who knows, that member you might be tasking to do the job might have their own ideas and can potentially improve the implementation plan or see it from a perspective you didn't even consider. Mm -hmm. So, great, great. Um, you know, of course, we, we talked about commander's intent earlier, so I really mm -hmm. want to dig into that. Tell me why is it important, so important, to integrate commander's intent and priorities into an implementation plan? What can go wrong if we don't? Well, one, we're just wasting our efforts, right? Which who has time or resources to do that? We only have so many hours in a day, so many people on our staff. And if you were like me with one or two people, if you don't know your commander's intent, you don't have that mission, then you're going to be lost and you're going to be doing all these things following the next trend and not allowing the research to properly guide you, which is going to guarantee mission success. You're a member of the staff, and a, a lot of times you're not going to have all of the resources that you need to actually implement your plan. Maybe you need uh, you need just even bodies to help set up for a press conference. Maybe you need uh, someone that has the expertise in a different subject area to uh, work with you. And so if you're part of the staff uh, and you need other people to help you out, that might not necessarily be their priority. Mm -hmm. but Working underneath that commander's end state, their lines of effort, what that does is it provides justification for your efforts. So it allows you to go to someone and say, hey, look, here's why I'm doing the communication plan, right? This is getting toward our commander's line of effort of this or their end state of this. And that uh, helps to generate some staff buy-in to help you implement your plan. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. 
Well, what I want to ask you now is basically, you know, we talked about the staff, right? So talk to me a little bit more about how other members of the staff, other information related capabilities within your command can actually help you execute and be uh, built into your implementation plan. Well, so what I tell uh, everyone, all my students, is that your operations section, your operations officer, should be, uh, should be aware of everything that you're doing. And it kind of goes back to what we were just speaking about, where you're not going to have everything that you have a lot of the time, right? Maybe you're that shop of two. Maybe you're shop of one. Mm -hmm. Who knows? So you're not, you might not necessarily have those resources. So by incorporating that operations officer or that operations section, you're then uh, working with the tasking authority for your command, right? So, hey, look, we need people to do this. We need the command to support this. So if the operations officer, who's supposed to be tracking everything that's going, around, uh, going on around the command, if they're aware of what you're doing and the purpose, why, and you're keeping them abreast of the situation, then they can help you out in getting other staff members to really support you. I love to say we are the SME at finding the SME. So sometimes we think that we have to be the spokesperson all the time and we have to be the ones, but if it's the chaplain or other influential leaders in your organization, use them. Because if a message is going to sound more authentic coming from an NCO who is down at the level of the troops rather than just the PAO officer from my desk, then use that. And also be mindful of external resources that you have, such as maybe a mobile public affairs detachment or a public affairs detachment. You can absolutely use those um, those other IRCs that maybe are not even assigned to your organization, as long as you have a plan, I've never had a leader turn me down if I said, sir, ma'am, I need 20 people, only have two, Here's a, here is how I'm going to use them. Can I please request uh, these sort of resources? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you, know, you mentioned the chaplain. That's mm -hmm. really critically important, especially if you're trying to do anything that relates to like a community engagement mm -hmm. strategy, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little tough to build a community engagement strategy that is just encompassing the public affairs comstrat officer going out into the community, right? There's so many great Absolutely. resources, tools, members, people that we can tap into to can help enhance those strategies. Uh, I'm hearing though that we have a question from social media. So let oh. me throw it over to Sergeant Witten. What do you got for us? We have a question from Preston. He is asking, if there's ever a point during the implementation process where you might have to take a step back and go back to a previous step. Okay. Mm. So uh, thank you for the question. And I would say, uh, yes, absolutely. Right. That's something that could, uh, that's something that could definitely come up. So this is where it's important to really always be scanning the environment and to constantly be, uh, you know, if you listen to my evaluation aspect of this, evaluation is continuous. It's something you're doing all the time. So we teach students course correction. So by constantly evaluating your plan while you're implementing it, at certain points, you set up those points to, to look at what you're actually doing. And you might say, ooh, I'm not actually achieving what I want to achieve, or I'm not, I'm not where I want to be at. Let me go back uh, a couple steps, reevaluate what I'm doing. Maybe I have to do a couple more tactics. Maybe I have to switch things up. Uh, let me see what's going on. So yeah, it's it's definitely a, a possibility and it's something you should always be looking at while you implement. Yeah, and we definitely recommend that in your implementation plan when you're creating that calendar or however you're sharing that information that you're putting on the calendar, we will evaluate and what that actually looks like. What are you using? Mm -hmm. What are the analytics? How are you sourcing this data to use that to see if maybe you do need to course correct or you just continue mission? 
Absolutely, and I think one of the ways that we do that is through environmental scanning, right? So it's not just a simple set and forget when we develop an implementation plan. We're, we're constantly looking at it. So talk to me about why that's so critically important. You kind of touched on it, but just go into a little bit more detail. Well, so you, you fight for resources and you're, and you're implementing and you're putting all your time and effort and possibly a lot of money into something. Well, what if you're not, what if you're not meeting the mark, right? What if you're not being successful? If you don't constantly monitor the information environment, you might only discover that you're not successful at the end of your plan, and, and now it's too late. Maybe you hit that deadline and it, it, you can't go back. But if you're monitoring and you see something's wrong a little earlier on, you still have time to adjust and hopefully meet your objectives or your end state. And the world doesn't stop just because we're implementing our perfect plan. Right. There are other things that are happening in the environment. So if we're not constantly environmental, environmentally scanning, we risk that, that something is happening and maybe a potential crisis or other issue for our organization because we're so focused on our plan. Mm -hmm. So you can, it's, it's crucial to make sure that you're continuously doing that even when you're implementing. So if we discover that our plan isn't working, right, is there an appropriate time that we should take, uh, that we can actually change it? Is there, is there a time we should consider to change it? Or when should we change it? So you don't, you don't want to change it too early, right? You know, if, you, if you're launching an entire social media campaign over a 12-month period and you're one tweet into it or you're one <laughs> Facebook post into it and you're like, oh man, like, well, this isn't really working, uh, I think it's a little too early. What I would recommend is uh, either work in halves or in quarters, right? So if you have a year-long plan, maybe halfway through you look to see where you're at or uh, you know every three months, so about 25%, 50%, 75% of the way through. Uh, that gives you manageable blocks to where you're not changing too early, but you're ultimately making that call where you can still make the adjustment in time. And it's important to look at those tactics. So if you're looking at two tweets and one has a lot of traction, maybe one doesn't, did you include an image? Is it something else that maybe boosted that engagement? Did someone share it who's very influential? So there are other factors that you want to look into before you completely scratch your plan. And when changing it, I mean, it's probably you're not just completely scrapping. Sometimes it's uh, adjusting. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's full, full on scrapping, right? Yeah, and it kind of is what Major Marlowe is saying. Maybe you're finding out that it's you don't need to change the entire plan, but maybe from now on you say, wow, okay, you know, these posts with pictures really work, so we're just going to include yeah. pictures in the rest of them or this amount of hashtags or t posting at this time of the day. But all, that all could potentially make a difference. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, let's go back to Sarn Whitney's got another question from the world of social media right, for let's us. Go. Indeed we do. We have a question from Amanda. She is asking, the phrase environmental scanning gets used occasionally, but what are some of the practical steps of that step? Okay. What goes into an environmental scanning? So an environmental scanning can really be whatever you deem it to be, right? Uh, it can be, uh, what I generally tell people is take a look at what your situation looks like around you. And when I say scan the environment, the environment is your office, uh, family, friends, the digital information environment, social media. It's everything that's really around you. So based on your situation, uh, analyze or take a look at what you think you really need to look at, right? So maybe you look, uh, maybe you start on simple Google searches, mm -hmm. or maybe you start looking at Twitter, searching a hashtag, or Facebook, or any other type of social media, seeing what's trending. Then 
you have the physical aspect of it. Maybe you go around the office and you're talking to different people. Hey, what's going on? Like, what's the news? What have you heard? There's also the meeting aspect. So going to different meetings and seeing what's going on and what the staff is concerned about. You can also sign up for plenty of like news alerts on different websites, uh, different subscription services, which will alert you to different things that you can kind of uh, personalize that will kind of give you that, that, uh, that warning if you need it. Great, that's great. Can you tell me again at the end of the day, right? You put your implementation and plan in place. How can how do you determine success? How do you know if you've been successful? Well, this is where this is where uh, evaluation comes into it. And so uh, you start off with research. So you say after research, you say here is where we are at right now. Here is my baseline. We're at this knowledge, attitude, or behavior levels. Then you implement your plan. And during that implementation and at the end, you then measure it again, generally using the same type of research methods. And you say, okay, here's where my baseline was at. Here's where I am at now after I've implemented my plan. Have I achieved that increase or decrease in knowledge, attitude, or behavior that I was looking at? If I did, is this due to my implementation? If all other things are unchanged, right? there wasn't any other crazy changes or factors that kind of played into it, then yeah, I think you can reasonably assume that your implementation was successful. If you weren't successful in that, then okay, understand what went wrong. Did my implementation, did my tactics not really reach the people that I wanted to uh, reach? Did they not understand my message? Were they, weren't, were they not motivated by it? I think some looking at what you were trying to achieve and just because you didn't achieve that, it doesn't mean that it wasn't successful, but did it move the needle in that direction? So maybe you didn't change 100% of the attitude, right? Knowledge, attitude, behavior, but are you in the right direction? That if you just had a little bit more time to continue implementing, that it will eventually get there. Yeah, if you're on the right path, maybe just need a little bit longer, right? Exactly. Maybe it's a good plan, just need an extra six months or something, right? And, and that's what we, we tell people too, it, generally, you're not going to change like 100% of people's knowledge or 100% of people's behaviors. You're typically looking for that, those marginal changes that, and then maybe over time you increase them. You, you look at what's working and what's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, again, thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye to you? I would just like to say uh, implementation is driven by your research. The, the more and better and more in-depth research that you can do, the easier your implementation is going to be and the higher likelihood of success that you'll have. Make sure you're not married to the plan. I know that you put so much effort, so much work, but if it's not working, adjust and make sure that you're talking to your people constantly. Sometimes we're so focused on externally communicating that we forget about our folks in our shop. So remember them and to include them in your planning. That's a good point. Be willing to let go of that idea if it's not working. No. Absolutely. Great point. Well, that's our show for this month. It was quite a packed agenda, I think. Uh, but remember, if you would rather listen to these shows instead of watching them, you can download the show as a podcast. Just go to your podcatcher of choice and search for Dinfos Live. Make sure you subscribe, okay? Well, thanks again to our guests uh, for taking their time out to share their expertise. I also want to say thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to comment, subscribe, and share the show with all your friends or anyone you think might be interested in this type of content. Join us next month on September 28th when we'll be discussing podcasting and how to develop and execute a great podcasting program. All right, thank you so much for your time, and thank you thank all for you. watching. See you next month, everybody. Thank you.